Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Happy Veterans Day tomorrow. For those of you here in the U.S., we have got a great show in store for you today. But before we jump into today's conversation, I want to take a moment and tell you about one of our amazing partners, BetterHelp Online Therapy. Y'all know this about me, but I am a huge supporter of finding a therapist you can connect with to help you through those moments when you need a little jump start or some routine maintenance. We want to keep our mental health up and running just like our cars, right? So BetterHelp is an awesome resource for anyone interested in connecting with a therapist. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Cue the soft pants. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else in your health and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy, and our friends get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash that sounds fun. Y'all, I, like many of you, am deeply grateful for the freedoms we have here in the U.S. and even more so for the selflessness and sacrifices that the members of our armed forces and their families make in order to provide and protect those freedoms. If you're listening and you're a veteran or you're a family member of a veteran, I just want to say thank you so so much. Your work really matters, and we are so grateful. Today on the show, in honor of Veterans Day, I get to talk with Army Ranger Hall of Fame member Jeff Struker. Jeff served most of his military career with the Army Rangers and won the best Ranger competition as a sergeant. In almost 23 years in the Army, Jeff served 17 combat deployments in five different U.S. wars, including Black Hawk Down. If you've seen the movie, you know who he is. <laughs> he has many awards and commendations from his military service, including the Silver Star for Bravery and Combat. Jeff holds a PhD as well as many other earned and honorary degrees. He's taught leadership at every level from undergraduate to PhD, and he is an award-winning author with six books in print, including his most recent book, Start Here, Why Jesus Came and How His Message Gives You Life. I am so honored today to share with you this conversation with Jeff Struber. Jeff, do we just call you Jeff or do Please, we call you just things? call me Jeff. What? Okay, if you had on your suit, your uniform, and all your uh, bars. Junk is what I call it. <laughs> all of my junk on there. What would we call you then? Uh, well, I was, my first few years in the Army, I was an enlisted guy. And okay. then I became a chaplain. Okay. And in the Army, you no matter what your rank, they just call you chaplain. But oh, okay. I prefer Jeff. Okay. Okay, Jeff. We'll do that. I have lots of titles. I just prefer Jeff. <laughs> what's, the, what's the title that you have that the fewest people have in the armed forces? Well, there's a couple of those stories in there. I'm, I'm a guy who was in Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Uh, they inducted me into the Hall of Fame after I left the Army. You can't like be in— Like the Army Hall of Fame? The Ranger Hall of Fame. <gasps> but you can't be in it while you're still in the military. Okay. It's only a few years later that you can even be considered. So. Got it. If there was a like so the most it. elite title, that would be it. That's that's a pretty cool title. <laughs> I yeah, appreciate how like, humble you want to be about have a it. But... Hall of Fame. I don't. I didn't even know there was a thing. Can you visit it? Is it a place? Yeah. Where is it? It's in Georgia. Okay. It, there's a huge National Infantry Museum it, built right outside of Fort Benning. Yeah. And it is National Mall, like Washington D.C. quality museum. Cool. And the Ranger Hall of Fame is there. And so, okay, how long have y'all been in Columbus now? Almost thirty years. Wow. So you and your wife went there when you were how, 18. Y'all were 18 and you've just stayed. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. what, what's your involvement now in the military? You, I mean, you're, you've retired from being a chaplain, but I would imagine people still call your phone. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I Almost all of my friends have some connection to the military. Yeah. Not all of them, but 99% of them yeah. do. And, you know, maybe they just did a couple of years. Maybe they did a career. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... Married my high school sweetheart from yeah. Iowa, and the Army brought me to Columbus at 18. And when it was time to retire, we both loved the place. We wanted to stay around the military. So yeah. the reason we stayed there is just to stay connected to the military. Yeah. What made you join the military in the first place? Uh, great story. I was running from trouble because uh -huh. I was I was getting myself mixed up with the wrong crowd. Okay. And uh, I knew I was headed down the wrong road. And I grew up in a... Uh, 
I moved around a little bit, but I was living in a small farm community. And if you don't own a farm, you don't have a future. So I just on a whim while I was still a senior in high school, went to a recruiter and said, hey, uh, I was really asking the question, what could you do to get me out of my hometown? Yeah. But I asked him, what's the toughest job in the Army? And that's how I ended up as a ranger. No, you said, what's the toughest job in the Army? Yeah. Uh, Do you know the Enneagram? No. Okay, great. I was going to say, do you know what type you are? I would love to know about your personality. No idea. What is the toughest job? And you're like, that sounds awesome. That is wild. I needed discipline. And I knew it at 18 years old. Yeah. Were you already a believer then? Yeah. Okay. Came to faith in Christ at 13. At 13. Mm. Through what? Church or Young Life? or My next door neighbors shared Jesus with me first time in my life anybody's ever really explained it to me. And it's so funny. Yeah, I think back on it now because they were so nervous. They stumbled all over themselves. Was it they, grown-ups or students? Yeah, it was they grown-ups. were, you know, a young married couple. And they just came next door and started talking to me about something that was really important to them. Everything that they said, they were nervous, they were stumbling all over themselves, but it all made sense. Yeah. And later on that night, um, I thought about it and got out of my bed and knelt down and asked oh, Jesus Jeff. to change me. Just by yourself as a 13-year-old yeah. boy. That is such a sweet story. Now that you trace the last 30-plus years of your life, I mean, did those neighbors know the impact? I have no idea who they are. <gasps> you don't even know their names? No, I moved oh. around a lot growing up. And I moved just a few weeks after this. I, to this, if you're listening to Annie's show... <laughs> And you are my neighbors. Please reach yes. out to me. I've been trying for 30 years. I've been trying for 35 years to, to find, find you. Them. To tell you thank you. Because okay. I'm sure my neighbors anything? don't know. Do we know anything about them? Young married couple. Here's a fascinating uh, thing. Young married couple. I lived right outside of Nashville oh. in Gallatin. It was here? It was here. Oh, we are finding them? Jeff, we are finding them. So if you lived next door to me in Gallatin, Tennessee in 1984, please find me because I want to say thank you. We've got, because they're probably what now? Maybe 60? Well, they were just a few years older than me. Oh, sure. Right, right. Because they were young. So late 50s. (gasps) Jeff, we have to find them. I, my friend, when you walked in, one of our friends, Jamie, is helping us out with some stuff. Jamie is the best internet stalker I've ever All met. Right. So before you leave, we'll get some more information nice. that we don't necessarily want to say on a podcast of like streets and just we'll give her a go. I really have been trying to find him for 35 years. Oh, I hope we can help facilitate Just to that. say thank you. Yes. I, because can you imagine their, their impact of that conversation that scared them? led you to being one of the most influential voices in so many people's lives. Annie, I tell audiences this all the time, like there's no way you can mess up sharing what you believe. Because if there was a way that you could mess it up, that couple would have done it. And everything that they said made sense. And later on that night, man, it radically changed my life. The next morning you wake up and what? Something's different. Really? Very different inside of me. Listen, I was a freshman in high school when I got off of the bus to come back home from school. Instead of going to my door, I went to my neighbor's door and said, I prayed last night and something's different. You guys tell me what I need to do next because I don't know the first thing about this Christianity thing. Yeah. And what did they say? They said, why don't you start coming to church with us? And then a couple of weeks later, I moved away. Wow. Did you ever go to church with him? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we have church name, we have street name. Yes. I'm gonna feel this. This feels like it is in my pocket. All we have to do is find them, Jeff. That's right. You didn't know when you were walking in today that we were gonna solve a mystery. That's they're like my surrogate spiritual parents, yes. and I've been looking for them. I'm their uh, a orphan son that yes. I've been looking for yes. for 35 years. Yes. Oh my gracious! So when you decide to go talk to that recruiter, are you praying about that, or are you just like trusting your gut of what you needed? I wish I did a lot of praying when I was 18 years old. I didn't. I was basically stupid and just following my, (laughs) uh, you know, following what sounded cool. Yeah. Um, And uh, I went to this recruiter's office with no no notice and nobody in the family kind of pushing me in that direction. I just— I pretty much skipped school that day yeah. and just showed up at the recruiter's yeah. office and said, hey, uh, what do you got for me? Yeah. And they started, the guy that I talked to was really honest, didn't try to sell me something. Yeah. He was just like, look, kid, you probably don't have what it takes, but if you really <laughs> think you you, you want to give it a shot, here's what, it's, here's what it looks like. And you go home and think about this before yeah. you come back and talk yeah. to us. What did your parents say when you told them? Uh, I told them after the fact. 
I was oh, 18. Wow. They didn't have to, right. you know, sign for me. So I told them after the fact, and my mother did not like it. She lost it. Wow. Um, and just was not happy that I I made that decision. But yeah. it made it forged me. And yeah. I use the word forged like iron in a fire. Yes. It forged me into the man that I am today. Yes. When you look at your history. So how will you say how long you were in the military? Will you kind of give people your Yeah, I spent about 23 years in the army. I was an enlisted guy for about 13 of those 23 years and then felt this very strong sense that God was leading me in another direction. I spent the last 10 years as a chaplain. Okay. And then why did you retire? Uh, well, it was time. Yeah. And I kind of made a commitment to my family and I made a commitment to Jesus. Whenever it's time for me to leave, I'll take the uniform off and never look back. Yeah. And there was just a moment where it was abs- absolutely clear to me, it's time. Oh, man, will you talk about that for a second? Because so many of our friends listening are trying to figure out whether to stay or go. Yeah. And and often, this scripturally, you're told to stay way more than you're told to go. Right. And so how did you know it was go time? Well, uh, I made a conscious decision. I will do this job as long as I'm not holding my friends back. It, being in the Army and in special operations, it's a grueling, physically demanding yeah. job. It, it takes a great toll on your family. But also the people that you're around, their their lives are literally at stake mm. for you to be able to do your job. Mm. And I made the decision, if I ever hold my – if I ever can't keep up with my, my peers – and I'm, I'm putting my friends at risk on a battlefield, then I'll leave. I also decided if it's ever too much for my family, mm. I'll leave. And yeah. then third, when it's not fun anymore, yeah. then I'll leave. Yeah. And there was a moment where I wasn't going to be on the battlefield as much in the future as I had been in the past. I would, I would become now much more in an office back in kind of the rear in a safe environment. And I was thinking, that's not fun. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> I didn't join the army to do that. Right. So that was for me kind of the moment where it was like, okay, if this is the future, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, there you go. Cha-ching. Yeah. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it's it's been a good ride, but it's time to call yeah. it, time to time to take off the uniform and hang up the boots. It's so helpful to, to have those filters set up early of going... This door closes, unless God t- says something else, this door closes when, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Because then when you get there, you go, oh, I said for a decade that this is when mm-hmm. it, when the door closes. I do want to say, though, my first year or two in the Army, I hated it. I was, I thought to myself, man, I made a mistake, and this is miserable. Yeah. And then I just learned to really respect. I learned to love the guys that I served with, the guys and gals that I served with, and that was the moment things changed for me. Really? Yeah. And Did you want to quit a billion times? In yeah, those first of course. Years? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it yeah. was, it's it's about as hard as anything anybody will ever do. Right. I mean, that's the hardest. Not yeah. only is the military hard, you picked the hardest version of the mm-hmm. military <laughs> to do to be a ranger. That is wild. Did y'all get married that summer? No, After? we had a long distance relationship. Okay. Uh, got married about f- my. I was about four years in the army when we finally okay. got married. And so, were you at Fort Benning from the yeah. start, though? Mm-hmm. Okay. And when was your first deployment? My first combat deployment. Now, I, I, the Army sent me all over the world to do dangerous training. Um, but my first time in combat was 1989, okay. the invasion of Panama. I'll give you a real quick rundown. Yeah, I um, went to Kuwait in Desert Storm in 91. I was in Somalia, 93, in Black Hawk Down. Yes. There's an actor who plays me in the movie. And then I became a chaplain and did these, here's the numbers, nine deployments to Afghanistan and five wow. to Iraq in those last 10 years. Wow. Nine and five and 10 years, 14 and 10 years. Mm-hmm. So how long are you going over each time, a month or two? No, sometimes it was a, co- a couple of weeks. The rangers were sent over there because there's a thing that just happened and you got to go over there and fix this thing. Oh, or there's wow. a guy who just popped up. You got to go over there and get him. Um, but sometimes those were months or many months. So they varied from a few days to many months. Yeah. How many kids y'all have? Four? Five. Five. Five kids. So every time you're loading up, y'all are going through the same. What what what's that rhythm? What's the yeah. rhythm of? Okay, dad's at risk again. He's going overseas again. And how? What 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 kind of was that rhythm for your family? Yeah. Can I just say for those of you who are not familiar with this kind of lifestyle, many people think, well, after thirteen, fourteen, it gets easier, right? No, it yeah, gets I would it gets it much harder. <gasps> Everyone gets harder. Because it ev- feels like you're rolling the dice yeah, a little bit Yeah, everyone, it was like, whoo, I just survived the last one, and this next one, my number might come up. And wow. this is what I signed up for. I, I was, I'm willing to do this, but 
now my children are getting older and now they need dad around a whole lot more than they did when they were right. six months. Now right. they're 16 years old. And and yeah, I mean, it, it just got harder and harder on us as a couple. Um, my wife, Dawn, and I, it got harder and harder on us. It got harder on our children. But they they all, and, and this is not because of me. I think it's just because of their love for our country. They saw what they did as part of serving the nation and making sacrifices really? at home for our country. Wow. So, I mean, you had to put that in them somehow because I did. I mean, I grew up loving and being grateful. You know, I, I'm 41. So I was in elementary school during the first desert storm. We wrote letters to soldiers. Like I remember all of that. I probably really got one of your letters. <gasps> oh my gosh, we should check. <laughs> so many mysteries being solved today. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I grew up with that, but we didn't have military in my family. And so I didn't know it like your kids know it. Yeah. So what? what do, how, is it just from experience that that put in them the depth of that love? Well, I think two things probably really left an impact on him. One, sending dad, putting dad on an airplane again and again and again yeah. and realizing even without it being said, hey, he may not come home alive. They realized I'm... I'm placing a lot of my future, a lot of my hopes on for our country. I'm putting it at stake. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a choice because the attacks uh, on, on American soil really brought war home to us, unlike foreign wars where it was on another piece of soil sure. somewhere else. Yes. But the other thing I think that really had an impact on them, even though I tried to shield them from this as much as possible, is they all have friends that their father was killed. Right. And they right. saw what their friends were going through. And when you're sending your father overseas on an airplane, he might not come back, but your buddy's father didn't come back from the last one. It feels and you're a little that with them. feels a little bit selfish to sit there and to say, I don't want to do this anymore when look what they're going through. I would imagine that families uh inside the military world have a real um a real sober understanding of life and death yeah. in the way that, and, and probably have a bet your kids probably are much more um, capable of handling life and death than I am because it feels very far away from me. And when it happens, it feels, even though everyone dies, it feels right. very unbelievable. Whereas w your kids have experienced it their whole lives, yeah. right? Been around it basically since they were born. Especially as a chaplain. Mm -hmm. That's your job. I mean, I read that you, one of your biggest jobs was going and saying to families, your son or daughter has, yeah. will not be coming home. Yeah. Now, I spent most of those deployments overseas, so there was another chaplain back. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry. Making No, it's okay. There was another chaplain knocking on doors and what I refer to as ruining people's futures forever. Right. Um, when telling them, hey, your, your father's not coming home or your yeah. mother just died in combat. Yes. Um, how do you, you know, how do you, I, I had to have some of those conversations, yeah. but most of the time I was overseas with the guys when they were getting shot at. It's complicated to love America sometimes because we have a complicated country and there's a lot going on that is not just. So how do you teach your kids how much is being sacrificed and how lucky we are even when there is trouble? Yeah. One of the things I have had the privilege of seeing is I've, the Army has sent me all over the world, and not just to combat zones, but I've had a chance to go train in really difficult or dangerous environments around the world. As a result, I've had a chance to see the way the rest of the world lives. And I have reminded our children of this at the dinner table. We eat dinner as a family every night that I'm at home, and I've reminded them at the dinner table America is not a perfect country. Far from it. There's a lot of things that need to change about our country. But I've been all over the world, and nowhere else in the world is even close to where we are right now. So when you go to bed tonight, obviously you need to pray for our country because it's not perfect. But if you were living somewhere else, you would give your right arm, and I am being literal now, give your right arm for the privileges that we have in America. Don't forget that is what I kind of reminded yeah. them at the dinner table. Yeah. I've ha I've thought about that a lot with what's happened in Afghanistan and seeing the shift back of what women can't do. Yeah. And I've gone, I, I have no idea how lucky I am to run my own business <laughs> and to be able to do this, to talk openly about Jesus as a person and as a female. Yeah. yeah. As you're watching what's happening in Afghanistan, you've put a lot of time there. What are you praying well, my prayer is for the people of Afghanistan, 
my my prayer is for uh, strong leaders that will step up. I'm talking about God raising up somebody in their midst, like mm-hmm. Benazir Bhutu, who led the country right next door, Pakistan, right. in a very courageous way. She stood up and led her country in, in a, incredible ways in a very male-dominated society. Mm-hmm. My prayer is that the future of Afghanistan will be strong because there are leaders that will stand up and will make their stand against tyranny. Yeah. But Annie, I'll tell you, my first time in Afghanistan early in 2003, the war was still relatively new in Afghanistan. Yeah. And then I went back there again and again, as you heard, nine times for almost a decade. And my first few times in Afghanistan, I never saw a woman, unless she was completely covered in a burqa, never ever saw a girl unless she was young enough that she didn't have to be hidden away. Women were completely isolated from the rest of society just because of the brutal Taliban regime that they they grew up under. Never had a chance to go to school, didn't get a chance to get medical attention. You couldn't even step out into the streets. You couldn't dance with your husband in public under those environment. And then for about 20 years... One generation of Afghanistani, Afghani girls got a chance to experience what their mothers and their grandmothers never got a chance yeah. to experience. Unfortunately, it's all gone back to, it's not all gone back, but much of it has gone back to the way things were in 2000 in Afghanistan. Yeah. And my prayers for the girls that the next generation of Afghani girls will have the freedoms that this present generation had, but I don't have a lot of hope there. You don't. Unless God does something really spectacular, I I really don't have a lot of hope. Yeah, it it must be... Is this okay to talk about this? Sure, yeah, we could talk about whatever you want. Okay. It's your Um, show. Well, I know, but you're also a person, and I don't want to ask you things that... that, No, it's all good. Okay. I I just imagine that the last few months have been you getting to pastor a lot of people through that. Yeah. We took... um, I had the privilege of pastoring a church right outside of Fort Benning, massive military community that I live in. So there's obviously Currently you're the pastor yeah, of it? Uh-huh. <gasps> That's cool. So there's obviously a lot of military in my church just yeah. because there's a huge military community. Sure. There's a lot of military Same everywhere. as musicians yeah. in every church. Yeah. <laughs> um and during the whole fall of Afghanistan and this was record time. I don't think anybody on the planet thought that in 11 days the entire country would fall. Were you shocked as you were oh, watching yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah. I would I was so disappointed with the Afghan government that they would just hand this thing, run yes. like cowards, and and, and, yes. and, and let the country descend in, back into the hands yes. of the Taliban. But my phone started uh, ringing off the hook. I was getting phone calls and text messages mm-hmm. and emails. And finally, as a church, we just decided, you know what? We need to stop everything, and we need to talk. And we need just, for one Sunday, we need to talk honestly wow. to wow. warriors who are asking, was it all worth it? Right. Why? What if I, what if I spent my I, life on? Why did I do this? <laughs> yeah. If eleven days later it all goes back to the way yeah. it was, and we spent one Sunday and just dedicated an entire Sunday to to honoring warriors yeah. and who they are and what they've done for, not just for Afghanistan but for the freedom in America. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Thrive. Y'all, I love being a member of Thrive Market. It's an online membership-based market and they're on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Since the weather's cooled off, I love that I can get almost all my soup-making staples stocked in my pantry from Thrive while also grabbing my favorite healthy snacks so I'm always prepped to grab and go when I need to. I get so excited when I see my Thrive box on my doorstep. Y'all can't even know. I get so excited. Ordering from Thrive makes my life a little less busy and a little bit easier, and it will yours too. And with Thrive, you get the chance to give back through their Thrive Gives one-for-one matching program. Every paid membership sponsors a free one for a low-income family, and that's in addition to getting affordable, healthy foods and beauty products. Thrive has an amazing selection of high-quality, healthy foods, and you can shop their site according to over 70 eating plans. Things like keto, vegan, or gluten-free. It's a one-stop shop for everything you need. Organic groceries, clean beauty supplies, safe supplements, and non-toxic home goods. 
Thrive Market works directly with all of our favorite organic brands, so you get the highest quality products without the retail markup. Join Thrive Market today to get $20 off your first order and an exclusive free gift. The only way to get this offer is by going to thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash that sounds fun to get the exclusive offer of $20 off your first order and a free gift. You can't get this offer anywhere else, you guys. So enjoy guaranteed savings and member-only prices. Thrive Market members actually save an average of $32 on every order. Thrive Market is good for you and the planet as well, which you know I care about. Orders of $49 or more are shipped for free and delivered with carbon-neutral shipping from their zero-waste warehouse. Thrive Market now has two membership options, the one-month membership for $9.95 a month or a 12-month membership for about $5 a month. It's billed at $59.95. And an exclusive new offer for you guys, my friends. Join today and get $20 off your first order and a free gift. Remember, that's thrivemarket.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to my conversation with Jeff. So it also makes me think of our friends who are listening who prayed for a marriage that still ended in divorce yeah. or prayed for someone who went to rehab and then they were out and 11 uh-huh. days later. And how do you pastor through such disappointment when you saw the thing go right and then it goes wrong? Yeah. Well, the truth is it takes two to tango in a yeah. marriage. So if you're sitting there and you're saying, I've given it everything I got, but my husband just walked on me and I can't make him put his his work into this side of the relationship yeah. and he wants out. I want to tell you, man, my heart breaks for you. I, I, I hate that you're in this situation. I wish nobody would ever have to go through yeah. that. But you, one person can't make a marriage work. Right. I'm saying this now to the warriors that are listening to your podcast that are saying, I served in Afghanistan and I lost buddies there. Yes. And I want to remind them, hey, you and I can't control the future of Afghanistan. We can make a real tangible difference while we're there. Yeah. But when we leave, what happens in Afghanistan is up to the Afghanis. And unless we spend the next 150 years there, unless it becomes like the 51st yeah. state, <laughs> what happens next is up to them. Right. And it's heartbreaking, right. but I have no control over that. Yeah. So for those of us who, like me, who I don't have very many, many military families in my life, what does support look like right now? Well, um, I, I one of the things I've tried to do after leaving the military, taking off the uniform, is to just make America aware of military families. Yes. This country is very patriotic, and so there's a lot of people that will tell the guy or the gal in uniform, thank you. Oh, I, yeah. In the airport, that must be so annoying because yeah. they're trying to no, walk down. No, no. It's actually— All of us are saying stuff. <laughs> every single friend of mine who I know who's ever served in the military, they've yeah. always done it for the same reason. It's definitely not for the paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're not even actually doing it for the flag. They're doing it because they want Americans to be proud of them. Mm. So when you say oh, thank wow. you, it means the world. You can't okay. say thank you enough. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. But I'm trying to educate the rest of America on the sacrifices that the military family makes because most people never – you don't see this in the movies. You don't hear about it unless you're connected to one of them. Yeah. And when you're connected to them, you look at them and say, wow, look at what these guys and gals are going through. Right. And the world doesn't know. Yeah. So I'm on this personal crusade. Your <laughs> listeners can help me. Good. I really believe there needs to be a monument in Washington, D.C., just to the military family. Wow. Not to the guy or the gal that served in yeah. uniform, but to the family that stood by them yeah. because of the incredible sacrifices that they've made that most people will never, ever know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we I don't know. They don't write books about it. They don't make movies about it. But America needs to know the amazing sacrifice these military families make. So what where, are you moving on the monument? How can we help? Uh, well, what I need is a lot of people to say, we really do need a monument. Okay. On, Who do we DC. say it to? Yeah, right. <laughs> we need to do some sort of petition. Right. As soon as you have a plan, you come you come tell me okay. and we will get on board with that. I would right. love to do that. Is there a way when, when we're praying, because th- that is when Afghanistan fell, I thought the only thing I noted, I don't even have, honest, I don't have a phone number of a person who has served until I met you. You do in now. Afghanistan. Yes, Willie, really, yes. I have one. Um, when, which immediately, I was like, 706, let's go, Georgia. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, 
but I thought we could pray. That 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 is one thing I could have done and did do uh, during all that is praying for the families. Yeah. When we're praying for families who are who someone they love is serving overseas. What do we not know to pray that we should be praying? Well, just pray for some very practical things, uh-huh. right? When the water heater breaks yeah. and you're and, all the men and, are... and and one spouse is overseas. And by yes. the way, it's not just guys. Yes. So when mom is overseas and there's something that goes wrong at the house, now you've got one spouse there that has to be both parents, yes. has to take care of everything. Yes. And I mean, just pray for some very practical things. When the car breaks down on the side of the road and dad is on the other side of the globe, yeah. um, then that family's in great need. And yeah. just would you pray that God would surround them with good people that'll just roll up their sleeves and be very practically there to help out? Yeah. Okay. That is helpful to me because I I feel a I, I feel a little handicapped on what to do because it's just not my community. Yeah. But that helps me. It really is though. Every community in America, because of the number of National Guard and reserves oh, sure. that have served. There is not a, a a small town anywhere in America that doesn't have somebody or more than a few somebodies yeah. who have gone overseas, which means a family or two that was back home alone while they were gone. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's every community in America. Um, is Dawn listed as one of your heroes when you yes. think about the heroes of the war? She is the most patriotic woman in America. Really? And she is one of my heroes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because do you know over the... 20, 23 years, is mm-hmm. that correct? So she, ra- how old are your kids now, the five of them? They're all grown. Okay. Uh, our youngest is a junior in college. Okay. And you have grandkids. Yeah, four uh, of them. They're awesome. That's a- oh, listen, our family just had the first grandkid. Whoop, it changes whoop. everything, yeah. man. It is yeah. like, it's like we just moved into an amusement yeah. park. Yeah. We're having the best time. Yeah. Um, do they all live near you? Yeah, they all live real close. They're all living in the same community. Yeah. We all see each other re- regularly. We all go to church together. They yeah. all see each other all the time. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um. So Dawn, I mean, just the years and the months she spent raising them, and it was before FaceTime. Yeah. Right? Because now they can face. I mean, now I see military guys on TikTok all the time, but that wasn't the case in the 90s. Well, not only that, but I'm in a special operations unit, so everything that I do is classified, and none of it can, even if you... Even if the technology is out there, you can't use it because it might the 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 information might get out. Yeah. So the guys on TikTok are not rangers. Yes, they're not definitely <laughs> not in a special operations unit. Yeah, in combat on TikTok. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So how did you keep up with them? I wrote a lot of letters. Wow. Um, yeah, I I did a lot of planning before I left just to stay engaged with them, and I wanted them to know, hey, even though I'm on the other side of the world, yeah. I love you. I think about you all the time. I miss you. And as soon as I come home, I'm all the way home. Yeah. By that, I mean, you got my full attention. Yeah. Um, when I'm gone, I don't have a choice. The government, the country's sending me overseas. But when I'm home, I'm yours. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Black Hawk Down for a few minutes? Sure. I'm sure you have to do this all the no, time. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> but, I mean, when they call you and say, we're going to make this movie and this guy's going to play you. You're like, okay, did you have a vote? Oh, you're bringing up this uh, really uh, raw nerve. Oh, no. no, 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 it's fine. This, so <laughs> I, was, uh, I was a special operations guy. Yeah. I, I, I spent my entire life trying to stay below the radar. Oh, um, sure. I turned down every interview, every time somebody offered to give me a chance to tell my story. Uh, my standard answer for seven years was no comment. Yeah. I'm trying to remain anonymous because my future in this clandestine unit yes, is yes. based on that. <laughs> then the book Black Hawk, well, actually, the way that this worked is if I can just take oh, your yeah. listeners back a second. I'm so into this. We just got back from Somalia, and my boss, my battalion commander, says, Jeff, uh, there's a reporter. He's waiting in the conference room, and you're going to do an interview. And I said, no, sir, I don't do interviews. He said, I don't think you heard me. I'm not asking you. Uh, You are going to go do an interview with this reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer by the name of Mark Bowden. Mm -hmm. Bowden got unprecedented accents. There's a an intelligence officer in the room with us. And every time Bowden asked me a question, I said, man, I can't answer that. That's classified. And the intelligence officer said, no, you can answer that one. And the next question, I can't answer that. That's classified. And he said, no, you can answer that one too. I have no idea to this day how that's happened. Yeah. Bowden released a series of articles on the Philadelphia Inquirer website, which basically broke the internet. And did he interview other people besides yeah. you? So okay. there's a handful of us from yeah. each of the units that were in Somalia that he Got interviewed. It. 
no one has really ever before or ever since got that kind of access. Wow. Um, the After this internet articles start breaking yeah. the internet, then, of course, major publishing houses go to Bowden and say, oh, hey, sure. this needs to become a book, which becomes a New York Times bestseller, yes. and it stays there for a long time. Yes. And it has your real name in it. Yes. Um, <laughs> you hate it. <laughs> and then... Um, there's a studio that comes to Bowden and says, it really needs to be made into a movie. Yeah. That's how the whole movie came about. I'm only, look, I'm telling your listeners something <laughs> that I really, I shouldn't admit in public. I'm only in the movie just because I did an interview mm. that I didn't want to do. Right. So when my name started to get associated with the book, I kind of asked Bowden, can you leave my name out? And he's like, man, I don't know. I think we're going to have to keep the real names in there. Yeah. When the movie, when they started talking about the movie, I was still in the army and I kind of wanted them to leave my name, change right, my name so right. that I could remain anonymous. And I got a phone call. This is why it's a bit of a raw uh, memory <laughs> for me because I got a phone call from a friend who's still in the Rangers and he said, Jeff, I'm sitting down and I'm eating breakfast in the Ranger dining facility, in the Ranger mess hall. And there is a guy sitting right across the table from me wearing your uniform and your <gasps> name tag. And I said, no way. <laughs> Are you telling me that they didn't change my name, that he's really going to use the real name, oh which gosh. is how the actor ends up in the movie yes. with my name playing me? But the guy who did it just knocked the ball out of the park. Yeah, Amy. did you like he, it? He was so respectful, and he worked diligently to get this role right. Yeah. I'm so proud of what he did. Have y'all remained, are y'all friends? Have yeah, we stayed in touch the whole time that they were getting ready to film, while they filmed it, even after they filmed it, he stayed in touch and just said, Jeff, I just need to hear from you that I did okay. Wow. Tell me that it, that you Who were Who is it that played you? Brian Van Holt. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, man, that is wild. Then you just have to like watch your yeah. classified life. To this day, I wish they didn't use my name, I but know. I didn't get a vote in that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you you put your vote in. Nobody counted it, unfortunately. That's classic <laughs> Army for you. Yeah, we got you, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, that's right. Did it mess up your future? Um, did it? Did, were there moments where you thought, oh, I can't do this because yes. my name's out? Yeah, for the uh, rest, that affected the rest of my Army career. It it placed my name in the limelight in ways that I never, to this day, never sure. wanted to be in the limelight. Yes. Yeah, because you've been on every television <clears throat> network. Just about, and you've yeah. Done, yeah. Yeah, your face is everywhere. So you going undercover now is probably- It's impossible. Yes. Um, in military communities, I, I don't even get in the door without people elbowing each other and whispering like, oh, that's the guy right there. Jeff. I'm sorry I didn't elbow when you were coming in. I guess because we knew you were coming. No, it's, so it it's a bit. It's it's a bit embarrassing. I just <laughs> want to tell him like I just did an interview. I I don't really deserve. I, the, I don't really deserve to have all of the attention. I just did an interview. Well, that's not true. You definitely deserve. Y'all did work that the m vast majority of us will never have to do for our country. So you do deserve that. Thank you. Um, Okay, so speaking of undercover, I listened to a podcast a couple of weeks ago about how the CIA is having problems now. Did you listen to this about mm -hmm. how the CIA is having trouble because there's so much technology that makes it impossible for people to be undercover globally? Mm -hmm. Is that does that can you talk about that at all about the about how technology is changing what the military can do? In those kind of ways. Well, I can't talk about that specifically, but I can talk about technology changing virtually everything on the battlefield. Yeah. And I mean from the one-inch level of the battlefield all the way up until space. Technology is radically changing the way every country has to look at warfare. And yeah. it's scary how fast it's changing, how much it's changing. And just what you did a, a month ago or six months ago may not work tomorrow because right. of how fast technology is changing right. things. It is fascinating. To, I, I mean, I had no idea that when you talked about being undercover, I, I had no idea until I listened to that podcast. They're like, oh, yeah, people video our faces all the time mm -hmm. now. And so the in 30 years ago where you could hide in Somalia or hide in Afghanistan, now you can't because right. they know your face. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't go undercover with my job. Well, Sorry. Yeah. I'm too loud. I would have never. I can't even be quiet on a train when someone asks me <laughs> to be quiet. So, um, okay. So then you started writing. Did you, Were you writing when you were still a chaplain? Yeah, I was still in the Army when that—so the movie Black Hawk Down had been out. I, I had been asked to speak in thousands of venues, but I'm still in the Army, so I had Gosh. to tell 99% of them no. Right. 
And more than a couple of publishing companies came to me and said, Jeff, you really need to get your story in print just because you will never be able to go to the number of audiences that want you to go there. That's kind of how I started writing. Yeah. And and the road to Unafraid is your version of that story. It's the first book that came out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my version of what people would ask me when I'm on the road telling them my story in public. Yeah. It's, it's You're the, like, you know what? I'm going to quit with the Q&As and I'm just going to write it all down and tell you to just get this right. and read it. Hey, friends, just taking a quick break to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Flamingo. I don't know about y'all, but I find the abundance of options for hair removal that are available to us are as a little overwhelming. There's salon waxing, which is painful, laser hair removal, which is really painful and pricey, and there's good old shaving, more affordable, but you got to remember to get a fresh razor head and the right shave gel. Thankfully, we've got Flamingo and their convenient subscription options that simplify our lives. Flamingo is a body care brand that offers full range of quality, affordable hair removal products, like award-winning razors and easy-to-use wax kits. And this is so helpful, but if you go to shopflamingo.com slash Annie, You get to answer a few short questions about your hair removal habits, and Flamingo will suggest a custom routine just for you. And then with the Flamingo subscription, everything gets delivered right to your door automatically, including blade refills that end up being less than $2 a cartridge. I like the sound of that. You can adjust your subscription as you go or cancel anytime. It's hassle-free. Y'all, my Flamingo razors are a staple in my routine. I love the satiny feel of the handle, and I love the aesthetic because it's chic and the color options are beautiful. But to get right to the heart of the matter, my Flamingo razors provide such a close, comfortable shave every time. And that's the biggest reason I love them. Ready for the smoothest transition into the holidays? See what we did there? Take the quiz at shopflamingo.com slash Annie to discover your custom hair care removal routine. And you'll save an extra 10% off your first order when you subscribe using the code Annie at checkout. That's shopflamingo.com slash Annie. And the promo code is Annie. And I have one more amazing partner to share with you, Milk Bar. Y'all, when my team and I were celebrating the release of the kids' book, What Sounds Fun to You, a couple of weeks ago, one of my favorite parts of a very good day was the Milk Bar cake that we shared. In fact, isn't cake just basically your favorite part of any celebration? Well, you know who takes cake to the next level? It is Milk Bar. Master baker Christina Tosi started Milk Bar in 2008. Maybe you saw her in Milk Bar featured on Netflix's Chef's Table Pastry Edition. I mean, y'all, seriously, she's a cake artist. And she's been wowing the world with her unique spin on iconic flavors ever since. Milk Bar is the perfect gift for anyone and everyone in your life. Some of Milk Bar's bestsellers include their signature birthday cake, which we actually had the gluten-free version, and it was incredible. The salty sweet compost cookie. The Milk Bar pie made from toasted oak crust with a gooey butter filling, you guys. And right now, pumpkin Milk Bar pie and apple cider donut cake. We had the apple cider donut cake balls. And they were (laughs) unbelievable. They were unbelievable. These are the desserts you need at your Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving table this year, or for breakfast, or for lunch, whatever you want. Every Milk Bar creation is thoughtfully and beautifully packaged, made fresh, and then flash frozen. And they offer fast, even overnight, nationwide delivery. That's brilliant, right? We've had the Funfetti gluten-free layer cake for our kids' book celebration, and I'm telling you, we haven't stopped dreaming about it since. It's so good. Well, right now, Milk Bar has a special limited time offer. Get $10 off any order of $50 or more when you go to milkbarstore.com slash that sounds fun. You'll get 10 bucks off an order of $50 or more by going to milkbarstore.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish my conversation with Jeff Streaker. What do you know about God that I don't know from serving? Well, I don't know that I know anything that you don't know, but maybe I've learned a few things that are uh, deeper ingrained in me. Yeah. Um, More than a couple of times on battlefields, I was not just concerned that I wouldn't survive. I was convinced that I was going to die. Really? And those are some moments where your faith, and I'm talking to your listeners now, makes all the difference. Yeah. you can play games at church all you want, but when you say, I know I'm not going to make it through cancer, I know I'm not going to make it to see tomorrow morning, that's the moment where what you say you believe really comes to the surface. Certainly. 
And for me, that didn't happen once or twice. That happened multiple times while I was in the military. And Annie, what I want you to know is every single time God was present, God was good, and God reminded me, Jeff, I've got you. He didn't remind me, Jeff, you're going to survive and everything is going to be okay, and you're going to go home and have grandchildren. In fact, most of the times it felt like, "Mm, I don't know how this is going to turn out tonight, but I do know this, I got you in the palm of my hand, so you don't have to worry about it. Wow. And as a result, God just showed me how good he was, how powerful that he was. You felt that in those moments? You were like peaceful? My story from from Somalia is when everyone else around me that had the exact same training and all of the same experiences, when they were totally terrified, I was completely calm. Wow. And I was calm because I knew I'm going to die. It's going to happen in the next few moments, but I know exactly where I'm going to go and I know where I'm going to spend eternity. So why worry? Right. It was one of those, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So tonight's the night, and I'm not going to worry. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I hope all of your listeners will hear that God is that big and that yeah. good in your life. It's not just me. Yeah. He will do the exact same thing to you as long as faith is that real to you, as long yeah. as you're not just playing games with it, but you really do believe what you say you you believe. I mean, that scripture in Hebrews, my, our friends listening have heard me say this a lot recently because I've been on this train. That scripture in Hebrews, it says, faith is being sure of what you yeah. hope for and certain of what you don't see. Like, we don't live like that. We we are waiting to see and then say, well, I always knew. I believed. I believed. And that's not what faith is. But there is a moment, I think, Annie, maybe more than one moment in, in everyone's life where you realize, uh-oh, I'm in over my head. Yeah. And I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough to figure this one out on my own. And that's the moment where... If your faith is sure of what you believe, mm. that moment, your faith gets you through that problem. If, when, if you're just playing games with it, I'm not, I don't know yeah. if that faith is going to get you through it. When you're talking, maybe as a chaplain or now as a pastor, when you're talking to these men and women who are about to be deployed, who are going overseas, how do you teach them to hold on to their faith? Yeah, I have, I'll readily admit I have a huge advantage over other guys and gals when they start to talk about their faith. A lot of people in the military recognize my last name. That's a great privilege and not something that I take lightly. And so when I'm talking to guys and gals that are getting ready to go overseas, I can look them in the eyes and they know that this is true. Yeah. I can say, I know exactly what you're going through. I got the t-shirt. Yeah. You can watch the blockbuster movie. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you from firsthand experience how much of a difference faith makes. And let me be the guy who helps you understand before you get there wow. what some people had to learn after the fact. You don't have to learn it after the fact because wow. I, I, I've gone before you. And mm-hmm. it's a great responsibility, but it's also a great honor. A lot of people will listen to me just because yeah. they know about my background. Yeah. I mean, you're literally driving from here to a speaking event yeah. where they will believe you. Talking to lots of guys tonight. Yeah. And they'll... They'll give me instant credibility just because they'll recognize the name. And yeah. I don't take that lightly. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be a little bit true as you're teaching your sons to be fathers and a little bit true as you're teaching the people in your church to be people of faith is like, I've gone before you. You can trust me. You are a brilliant woman. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that everybody who's listening knows this. But I, um, I just mentioned that I have grandchildren. You've got grandchildren, and no one told me how awesome being a grandparent would be. Oh, my parents are loving it. What they didn't tell me is how much this changes my son or daughter, who's now a mother or a father. Really? I'm watching them change right in front of my eyes and saying, look at this guy go. Look at this gal. Look at the mother that she's becoming yeah. or the father that he's becoming. This is so much fun watching yeah. what children do to my children. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's also karma, right? Like, uh, I don't really believe in karma, but it's like, oh, yeah, you're now given the full taste of what you gave to me when you were that age. Good for you. That's right. It's beautiful to watch what it's doing to my children. I think there's something really profound about when when you're in the middle of something leading people, but when you've survived something leading people, yeah. going like, I've been there and I am on the other side and I can tell you. You know, because you can't make any promises that everybody's going to come home because right. they aren't all going right. to come home. But you can say, I've been right where you are. I, w- I think we should all try to do that with our pain, right? Absolutely. For most rebellious teenagers, you think your parents are idiots when you're 16, 17 years old. When you become a parent, all of a sudden, overnight, they become instant 
um, instant um, <laughs> experts. Right. And everything that they said now makes sense. And it happens, it makes sense literally overnight yeah. just because they have gone before you yeah. and they've learned a couple of things. And you you just didn't want to hear it when you were 16, <laughs> but right. now it all makes sense. <laughs> That's right. Well, so tomorrow, when people are listening to this, so tomorrow is Veterans Day. And it's a day we, I want to celebrate well. What does that look like for civilians to celebrate Veterans Day well? Yeah, well, I, I don't want to insult your audience, but I do want to make sure m- many Americans confuse two holidays. Oh, yeah. Memorial Day probably in the spring yep. and Veterans Day in the fall. Yep. Memorial Day is where we as Americans recognize guys and gals that gave their life for our country. Got it. And we can't do enough to say thank you to those guys and gals. Mm-hmm. So you put flags on cemetery headstones and you recognize the families. We call them gold star families that lost somebody yes, in combat. Yes. Veterans Day is where you recognize the guy or the gal who actually served that didn't give their life in combat. And like I said just a few moments ago, the one thing that every single one of us want to hear is thank you. That's all you need to do is just find somebody who served and say thank you, and you have just done on Veterans Day what needs to be done. Just say thank you to somebody who served. Okay. And I want to personally say thank you to all of your listeners who have served, who are saying it's it's Veterans Day tomorrow. Yeah. And as a guy who's been next to you, thank you for what you've done for our country. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for serving. I recognize that what happened in Afghanistan would probably not happen here, the country falling like that. But man, if we didn't have the military we had... It will happen here. It would happen If here. it wasn't yes. for guys and gals that are willing to stand up and to give their life, it would happen here and yes. any other country in the world. Yes. Um, I remember on SNL a few years ago when the... Um, I think he's a senator, House of Representatives the, um, from Texas, where he said, say, never forget to each other. That's right. And and so is that what y'all say to each other yeah. as military people? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you. I feel like one of my responsibilities as a guy who survived this big battle in Somalia, where many of my friends didn't, is I have to keep their memory alive. I'm, I have the honor of keeping their memory alive. And the way that I do that is by never forgetting, but also letting other people never forget who these guys and gals are, what they yeah. stand for, and what they've done for our country. Yeah. I I wonder, for our friends listening, if for, for Veterans Day— I just think there, there's got to be a way where we can find people in our community or find people online and thank them. I mean, they can reach out to anybody they find and be grateful, right? I'm just right. trying to help yes. equip L- everyone. Literally anyone from the World War II veteran all the way up into the guy or the gal that served yeah. in Iraq or Afghanistan. They're all around you. Yeah. Um, a lot of Vietnam veterans that are still waiting for somebody in America 55, 60 years later to say thank you. And just find somebody around you and thank them, and yes. it will mean the world to them. I um I saw so many Vietnam vets a couple of weeks ago. I went to a powwow, and um to it was here in town. It was like an educational one, and I was surprised at how many Native Americans yeah. had served in uh-huh. Vietnam. I have not done that amount of learning to know that that was such a thing. So that'll, that gives me a community as well that I can think of Boom. to thank. Yeah. Um, okay. You have a new podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? I love it. It's okay, so will you much say the fun. Title of it? It's called Unbeatable. That's right. Unbeatable. Yeah. And what, what are you loving about it? So the, the, the original design behind this podcast is to just say, look, everybody gets hit by some hard circumstances mm-hmm. of life. Not everybody has the tools to get back up and to dust themselves off and to keep going. So I just decided I have lots and lots of friends that have just gone through incredible things. Not all of them are in the military. Yeah. And I want to introduce the rest of the country to my friends that have gone through incredible things. Mm -hmm. Life has really hit them hard Mm -hmm. and they got back up and there's the title of the podcast and became unbeatable. And I really believe everybody can be unbeatable if you get introduced to a couple of stories that can give you some tools to handle some challenges. I saw there was an episode or two with Gold Star families of people who have lost people. A couple of my heroes, a mother and a daughter who lost a father, uh, you know, husband in combat. And yeah. wow, they've handled it so well. 
Um, how do you feel about the podcasting medium versus speaking in front of a crowd? It's a totally new muscle to me. So right? I really feel like this muscle needs a whole lot more exercise before it gets strong. I'm just I'm I'm just being honest with you. Oh, I, I got know. a lot more work to do here. No, I, the one I the gold star one, I was like, you're great at this. I thought it was fine. No, it's yes. because they're friends and <laughs> they did this as a favor. Jeff, listen, that is my entire podcast. The, okay. Everyone listening knows the only we only have two group of people on. People I'm already friends with or people I want to be friends okay. with. Because that's very easy to talk to those two yeah. groups of people. Strangers, I'm not interested right. in. I yeah. don't know how to do that either. <laughs> so that is very challenging. Um, I was a speaker before I was a podcaster. Really? And Yeah, I do. We tour sometimes. I go and speak at events. And what's happened now that I wonder if we'll, how you will feel, we'll talk about this in like three years, is now when people call me to come speak, they want this, Annie. The like oh, really? podcasty Annie, yeah, and I'm like, that's not who's how on do you stage. do it's that in front of an aud- a huge yeah. audience? Well, we did we did a podcast tour where we did this on stage in front of people, but then when they bring me in, I'm like, did you want me to teach the Bible? Because that's I, that's a different muscle yeah. than the voice you're going to hear doing this. It's, so now you're offering two offerings from you, and it might get confusing. Prepare yourself. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. You just encouraged me because I'm sitting there saying, wow, I really, really need to get stronger at this podcast muscle. So I'm glad to it hear is, it's not just me. No, no, no. It is two totally different skill sets. Both I find very fun for different reasons. Okay. Is there anything we didn't say that you want to make sure we cover? No, I don't think so. You're amazing. You're awesome. That's, uh, well, that's all. Now we're friends, and now I have yeah. someone in the military's phone number, and you have mine if you need me. Um, if there's any time, anything we can do, I know you have much bigger audiences than this, but anything we could ever do, I, I want to be as supportive as I can for your community and for your people. And so um, know that you have an open chair here. Well, just wanting to honor veterans tomorrow, that itself is is all that you needed to do. Thank yeah. you, Gannon. Well, thank you for telling your story. And everybody can grab, I mean, The Road to Unafraid, but then there's a lot more books yeah. available. So I'm excited You can excited find all that people. stuff on my website. Okay, very good. Um, we'll link to it here. Is your church online? Can we listen to your yeah, teachings? Um, we started a church last year before anybody ever heard the word COVID, but just before COVID. Oh, boy. So we had no choice but to shut down and yeah. become online only for a long time. Yeah. yeah the church is called Two Cities Church. It's okay. the number two. Okay. And uh, quick fun fact, yeah. it actually comes from the book by St. Augustine, The City of God. That's where the name comes yes. from. Yes. Um, so yeah, you can find it. What made you pick it. it to explain it? Well, the city of God in this book, which really influenced most of Western civilization, Augustine yes. really was a genius, not just um, theologically, but also in government. St. Augustine said, all Christians live in two cities at the same time. You ultimately belong to the city of God. That's where your final destiny is. But he's got you right here in the city of man, and you're supposed to be good at two cities. In this, You're yeah, supposed to be a good wow. citizen of two cities at the wow. same time. That's the reason why our church exists, just helping people get good at living in yeah. two cities at once. Oh, man, we I, I would love to link to one of your sermons, if that's okay with you. Sure, of course. I would love for people to get to hear your teaching as well. Hear that other muscle besides yeah. your podcasting muscle, which is very strong. Um, the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Well, uh, I had to think about this a little bit. Um, for me, maybe one of the most fun that I've ever had in the military was skydiving. I did a lot of really? skydiving in the military, but specifically skydiving at night. <gasps> that sounds Horrible to oh, me, Oh, no, Jeff. no, no. If you've ever been in an airplane <laughs> oh, at night flying gosh. over a city, looking down at all of those lights, yeah. imagine now looking down at all of those lights with no airplane underneath <laughs> It is and they're so, coming at you so quickly. It's so beautiful. It is one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had really? in my life. Is skydiving at night over, you know, a brilliant over a beautifully lit city. It's it's some okay, of those. But marriages. when you're doing that in the military, you have to land on X marks the yes. spot. So of course the military can mess everything up by throwing <laughs> equipment and weapons and, and oxygen and everything else at you. But still, it's a great ride. It's probably the most fun I ever had in the Could military. Could you guess how many times you've jumped out of a plane? About 250. Oh my gosh, Jeff. You barely stay I in a plane in that it. number. Yeah. I would much <gasps> rather jump out than land. I've said that for decades. Really? I would rather jump than land in an airplane. You've jumped out of a plane 250 times mm-hmm. at least. Yes. That is wild. That is absolutely wild. There are some guys and gals out there that have done it tens of thousands of times. Wow. Yeah. How many times of that you think is at night? Um, probably most of them because the oh, sure. the U.S. doesn't just play games with the, you know, parachute <laughs> yeah, operations. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
we're getting you ready <laughs> to go jump into a dangerous place yeah. somewhere late at night where nobody yeah. else was. They're not even awake when you land there. So yeah. I would say three quarters of them are at night. Maybe it's more. probably a little. Uh, this shows you my military brain. Probably a little dumb to think you jump out of a plane in the day because then the enemy's like, there's some guys yeah. falling. Hey, look at these guys. Let's <laughs> right. shoot them while they're still Is in the air. Is that a plane I hear? Yeah. Look at the guys falling. Right. Yeah, that obviously does not yeah. make all the sense. Have you been, sorry, I have one more question. Have you been to the 9-11 Memorial Museum? Yes. Um, when Very they, powerful. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. When the my friends and I decided to walk through the bin Laden part where they really go through the whole raid. And the whole thing, and watching, you may remember this, but on the floor, they outlined the mm-hmm. whole military uh, movement mm-hmm. and how they flew back and forth between Pakistan and Afghanistan and where the helicopters landed. And you've been a part of a thousand of those, and I was blown away watching it on the floor. It really is. It, there's no way to describe just how impressive the U- U.S. military is, and that raid will just showcase yes. the, the the capabilities of the U.S. military. Yes, and when things went wrong and they just— Fine. Yeah. One of the they helicopters crashed. Yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and forgive me for not knowing, but as I was watching, I was like, one of the helicopters crashed mm-hmm. in Bin Laden's backyard? How did we survive all this? It's amazing. It was amazing. The military is, uh, we are so lucky. We are. We are so lucky. Yeah. Um, thank you for doing this. Yeah. I am so grateful. It's been good to be with you today. guys, isn't he incredible? Oh my gracious. We were just blown away by the whole conversation. What a gift. What a great guy. And yes, we are absolutely on it trying to help find his neighbors from Gallatin. Don't worry. I've already got Jamie on it. We're going to figure it out. Hey, be sure to grab any of his books that you want, but the latest one is called Start Here and go follow him. Tell him thanks so much for his service and thanks for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, man, I'm just going to follow up with Jamie and see how her uh, research is going into finding Jeff's neighbors. I'm very excited about this. So y'all have a great couple of days. We'll see you back here on Friday with an all-time favorite, back with an incredible conversation, our friend Mike Donahue. We'll see you guys on Friday. Yeah. Check, check one, two on a microphone. Any of your call to your home.